Kingdom. This is Judley Wheels Rothstein, straight from the Tar Heel State of North Carolina, coming at you live for episode four of our second season of Hold the Fort. I would like to give a huge rah-roh-ree to my podcasting partner in crime, Stuart Stewdog Vitter, who is celebrating his birthday today down in Homa, Louisiana. He is no doubt spending his lunch period at Homa Junior High drawing up some basketball plays featuring the defensive-minded genius of Al Samoz, the fundamental acumen of Mario Watson, and the element of surprise offense of Frank Guthrie. His starting five may not consist of Wenaki basketball legends like David Brooks, Benji Miller, Simon Bouchard, Jason Mendel, and Nick Stern, but he thinks they'll do just fine this season. Happy birthday, Studog, and I hope your students and team chant in the lake and toss you into Lake Pontchartrain before the day is done. So let's get a rah-roh-ree with three stew dogs at the end. One, two, three. Rah-roh-ree. Rah-roh-ree. W-I-N-A-U. All right, that was a lot of Wenakis and Stew Dogs. We are going to be working on our coordinated chorus of Ra Ro Ri. So you may have just heard three more voices joining in for that rousing rendition of Ra Ro Ri for Stew Dog. And those are our special guests for this special edition of Hold the Fort. I'm excited to spend some time this morning with the three new co-directors of Camp Wanaki, John Poff Poffenberger, Ashley Ash Jackowitz, and Matt Jacko Jackowitz. Poff, Ash, and Jacko were very excited to join me this morning so they could connect with our amazing alumni base and current families. They've also been very excited to learn as much as possible about Wenaki from the day they all joined our team. Basically, being very excited is a common theme among these three, and I know that you'll get that same sense during our time together today and during this summer and beyond. So now it's my time to be very excited to introduce Poff, Ash, and Jacko to hold the fort. Welcome, everyone. Can we get an Oogie Dabanga with three Wenakis at the end? One. Two, three. Oogie the bonga. Iggy the piggy wiggy. Full the deafful waffle. Ooh, wah. All right. All right. We have nailed the Oogie the bonga. We are still going to work on our coordination. We're still going to work on our four part harmonies. Ash. Matt, Poff, welcome. So good to have you on. Good morning to you all. And let's just start with a question um, for for Ash, and we'll have all three of you address this. What I've come to know about all three of you is that you're all camp lifers. So can you talk a little bit about your lifelong connection to camp and why it's resonated so much with you? Yes, so I will start. Judd, thank you so much. We are, as you alluded to, so excited to be here. Um, And, you know, for me, my connection to camp started uh, as um, uh, a young 20-something at a a traditional sleepaway camp in New Hampshire. I um, started teaching water skiing, and um, I was hooked. It was the the job of a lifetime, spending my my days in the sun on the boats um, with kids. It was awesome. So um, I kind of continued to come back seasonally and 
um, every year was better than the last. You know, camp is a place that really, um, I believe, helps people become their best selves. And for me, I really, you know, figured out who I was and what my passions were and what my future was at camp and, um, and really decided that was that was camping. And, um, and so my sort of personal growth led me to wanting to help others learn about themselves and, and have incredible, memorable summers. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of what hooked me was just the, um, the, the days in the sun, the, the fun that camp allows people to have, but also the personal growth. So that's awesome. And I think, you know, we, we spend so much time, um, sort of immersed in our own Wanaki community that we're, you know, I'm sure, Intellectually, we all understand that that experience transcends the camping experience, but it's always nice to hear that everyone else is having that same moment. Like as a counselor, you know, we always would kind of look at each other and just smile and say, we're really getting paid for this and just kind of, you know, (laughs) so it's great to hear that that was something that you experienced as well. Um, Jacko, what about you? Well, well, Jill, it's it's so great to be here. I I want you to know, I, I don't know if you recognize those old Rogaine commercials where they would say I'm I'm the president but I'm also a client. Well, <laughs> I'm a I may be a guest today but I'm also a, a listener. I've re- <laughs> I really enjoyed your your squibs and Philly episode and I just I, I also getting to know you the way that I have over these last month or so. I, I can't think of a better forum for you that was more tailor made for you than a podcast like this about Winoki. So so I'm excited just to just to be here and and get to get to talk to you, but. Um, but to answer your question, my journey started like many of many of your listeners, you know, many of our listeners, you know, I got, I was given the gift of camp as a, as a nine-year-old. I got to go off to camp. I lived it. I breathed it. I, I really did love it in every sense of the word, uh, you know, and, and for me, camp became just a, a place where I could be the best version of myself. And I, I don't know if I'd necessarily recognize that as a kid. But I grew such an appreciation as an adult, and I knew that once I came back on staff and got to see a little bit behind the curtain that that all that magic that I had seen as a camper was kind of intentional magic, right? That there was so much that went into making camp special and what we could deliver for kids and staff. I just knew I wanted to be a part of it. So I continued to find ways to go back to camp when I was in college. My parents were very supportive of of that path. My, my grandfather, I remember was like, Oh, how are you going to do that year round? But I was like, grandpa, I'll find a way. Mm. Um, but, 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 but camp was just, you know, like we say at Winocki, it was, it was in my soul early on. Um, and then, you know, had the opportunity to work at Echo Lake at the place I grew up at. And it, that meant so much to me. And then I met Ashley and that flipped my world around where I knew I wanted to be a part of camp, but I also knew it was, it was probably good to stick around her as much as I could. So, um, we decided to um, take the opportunity of Walt Whitman together, and I joined her. Um, and I think, Judd, to what you just said, you know, to me, you kind of look around, you're like, we get to do this. Like, Whitman was so beneficial for me because I looked around and said, not only do I love the place that I grew up at, the place I love, but I love camp, right? Mm. I love this idea of community, this idea of our opportunity to give kids a chance and staff a chance to grow and develop and, and be a family in ways that I don't think there's a better vehicle for community than, than summer camp. And so my opportunity to get to, to call that a living and get to do it with, with an awesome community like Wenaki just has me so, so excited. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think, I think camp, I think the communities we get to create, the relationships we get to build, the skills we get to develop. Um, and in that way, it's just, you know, um, I, I can't think of a better way to, to, to spend my summers and, and, and my off season. Yeah. You know, it's again, interesting. And we're, we're, we're going to hear a similar story uh, from Poff as well when, when he addresses this, because from our standpoint, we are so Wenaki centric on the podcast. And that's been so much of the experiences of our uh, staff that have come on and the campers who listen, but then hearing both Ash and Matt talk about, coming from another camp or even two other camps to Wenaki, I forget that there were, there've been counselors over the years. I'm thinking of even Mac Jackson who did a long stint at one camp and then within a day integrated himself to Wenaki because camp itself was in his blood. And he was just so well prepared for everything that is the camp experience. And I think we become a little myopic at times where we just think, well, if you don't know Wenaki, it's going to be difficult. And I kind of forget, it's good to hear you talk about just 
your experiences and all of the lessons you've learned at camp that are going to be able to come and inform the way that you um, help lead Wenaki. So that's really cool, Jack. Oh, thanks. Poff, what about you? you know, um, first of all, John, thank you. Um, and I, I, before I start, I want to publicly uh, acknowledge this, that, um, you know, I here's, here's this new guy, new director that shows up in, in the third week of camp, uh, pretty much unannounced. And within, I think, my first hour there, I will always remember sitting at a picnic table outside the playhouse one-on-one with you and you were giving me the crash course one-on-one on everything that's Wanaki and that was so valuable and then flash forward about two hours later having Izzy sit right next to me and saying this is where this is this is what you need and it was at that point that I knew I was in the right community um which brings me back to where this all began for me it was back in 1992 a uh, young college kid I wanted to get into teaching with uh, really, it was just a way to get into coaching. I wanted to, I wanted to coach for a living and uh, be a teacher. So one of my professors had actually worked a summer at camp and, and suggested that it would be great work experience, a great resume builder. And I was like, yeah, I can, I can put up with it. You know, for eight weeks, I can go to the East Coast and do this. And within one week at camp, camp Cobbesy, um, I had the fever. Um, I knew I was hooked, and I knew it was something I was, I was destined to do. Um, started off as just a general counselor working the basketball program. The next year I ended up being, um, head of basketball. Uh, from there I went to a group leader and I eventually finished my time out about year 12 and 13, um, as, as the head counselor. Um, it was always there. It was responsible for my first job and continued employment. It's responsible for my wife who I met there. Um, I have been in constant contact with camp every year, whether I returned or not. So to be able to um, go full, full circle and come back and, and come back to Wenaki, which, uh, you, you know, I can talk more about the history with that. But to be able to come back, it's just it's one of those things, you know, in talking to some of the, the current Wenaki families, it's like, what do you know that you love? Like, what do you love about Wenaki? Well, let me. I, I can't say it in a word or two. I need a few pages, and it, mm. it is one of those things where if if you get the if you get the fever, you get that camp bug. Um, you can't describe it, but you can't live without it, and it, that's just the the same passion that I and I know the three of us want to want to continue to give these kids and the counselors, the new counselors that come in. Yeah, no, it's great, Poff. No, and I appreciated, and we all appreciated last summer how quickly you integrated yourself into the Wanaki community within the first day. I think I looked at you and said, Hey, we got a mass softball game. Uh, you want to help keep score for how many runners get to third base? And you looked at me like, yeah, of course I do. And learning like the odd rules of Wanaki mass softball and, you know, immersing yourself in, uh, you know, all of the clues and uh, color war. And I think it is that unifying uh, characteristic of, all the camp lifers, all of the people in the community that love it, that you just get that kind of gleam in your eye and that twinkle and that excitement about anything camp related. And that's what I noticed uh, immediately about you and appreciate it. So, so thanks. Let's move on to a little bit more just about Wenaki itself. And I'm curious from someone who's spent my whole life there and I've never had this outside perspective, what attracted you to Wenaki? What have you learned about Wenaki that appeals to you and gets you excited for up- upcoming summers? Uh, Poff, maybe you could start, and then we'll go to Matt and then Ash. Sure. So I go back to back to the days of Cobbesy. So, and for Wenaki people, this will resonate. Cobbesy actually was taken over in the late '80s by the people that owned Tomahawk. So when Tomahawk got sold. The, the gentleman, uh, Red Bogart, it was his daughter that um, was supposed to take over Tomahawk, but Red sold it, and so his daughter uh, ended up, and her husband ended up buying Cobbesy back in the 80s, and pretty much turned Cobbesy into the next Tomahawk. So I knew a lot about Tomahawk, and all those people had come across, which meant that the Tomahawk-Wenaki rivalry was still fresh in their mind. So I had heard all the stories about Wenaki. And and what it was like, and when I took over a basketball program, they're like, you know, it's like, well, how about we go down there? And they're like, well, it's a long drive, and you don't want to go against them. They have the facilities that you can't beat. And um, 
So I'd always heard about Wenaki. So when when the name came up, I didn't think it was real. Like when when I was talking with Dana, and she said, "Well, it's Camp Wenaki," I was like, "Yeah, yeah this is the this is the right." Like talk about the the epitome of camps in my mind. When you know, going back to all my camping days, what appeals to me is the history. the The love of Wenaki runs so deep amongst the alumni, but even the current campers, um, you know, and having the conversations this summer, like, Wenaki really is their home, and it, it, it's more than being the most beautiful piece of property that there is in New Hampshire or in the East Coast. It's it's something deeper, and, and people value it, and they want it to succeed, and they, they, they want to put everything they have into it. I'm in. Like, who wouldn't want to be a part of that and and and, and work there and build and build and build? Um, I'll stop now because I'm starting to get on a roll because I'm getting excited and thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, Jacko, what about you? <laughs> well, Ash, you jump in. Yep, I think he's uh pop. He, he go ahead, Matt. Sorry, I, I, I uh, you know, I have to learn how to how to work the mute button. Um, so, so I, um, I was so fortunate that you know that I've always recognized the history of Wenaki because it exists even though I was a kid. When I told people I got the job, right? I mean, a lot of people were excited. A lot of my current peers knew of Wenaki, obviously. But what I was pleasantly reminded of is, as I told like my high school buddies. They knew Wenaki as the camp that they couldn't get into growing up, right? They knew Wenaki as this powerhouse all boys sports camp that 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 they raved about, and and I think that really hit home for me something I already knew, which is the rich history of Wenaki, right? And 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 the pride that people had have that go there, and so and I will tell you before we get into my reasons why, like like what has been so evident to me is in talking to alumni and, and parents and, and staff and campers and any other stakeholders is that there's such a pride for Wenaki while also such a desire to see Wenaki, you know, build and grow as well, right? Sometimes people have a passion for the place they grew up, but they're like, but don't touch it, don't change it, don't do, but there's such a, there's such a journey that people want to go on of our ability to, to continue to grow and build Wenaki into what it can become while still maintaining what it is. But to answer your question, what attracted me to Wenaki, it, it always comes down to people, right? And to me, you know, it started obviously with knowing that Poff was on board as director. Ash and I really took the time to get to know him through the process because we knew that if this was going to work. We need, you know, uh, you know, we needed to be working with someone that not only we believed in, but but was passionate and talented. And 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 pop check those boxes in spades. And knowing Chandler the way we did previously, knowing that he was on the full time team, that was important. But I will also tell you that in addition to the property and the beauty of Wenaki, um, and the opportunity we had to know um, that that Wenaki had such great, you know, has had such great history, but also was was primed with potential to grow. Um, you know, it was also being able to talk to, to, to Dana and Mark and, you know, and know how much support we were going to get and how much money was willing to be invested and how much time they were willing to give us to not only build it, but build it right. And I think those things combined really made this, you know, I, I'll be candid with you. Like Ash and I, this isn't our first conversation we've had about camp opportunities, but, you know, we've always wanted it to be the right one. And when this when this was presented to us, it just continued to check all these boxes. So, so we were just super excited. It made it really a no-brainer for for me, Ash, and Coop, our one-year-old. So, so yeah. Awesome. And Ash. Yeah, and I'll I'll just um, echo all of that. I mean, um, literally all parts of it, right? It's it's the legacy, the legend of Wenaki. I, in working full time in the industry um, now for over uh, ten years. Um, I've always, you know, I've sort of known kind of the, the past 10 year trajectory of Wanaki and the people that have been a part of it and, and heard from them, you know, in the office and the off season about what they've loved and what has made Wanaki special. So I kind of had a base of knowledge about this sort of um, legacy. And so um, as, as both Poff and Matt have mentioned, that was a huge um, 
a huge draw, but you know, to go off of all of that, I think there's always a little bit of a chance you have to take in coming in into an experience like this and saying, yes, you know, this isn't sort of a process that we had the opportunity to kind of spend months doing. We, we sort of had to make a decision fairly quickly. And, um, and, and there was a lot of faith put in, you know, in the belief in this place. Um, but I can also tell you the first time I, um, drove down that road and, and under, um, the sign and, and into camp and looked at that lake, there was, I, I was pretty quiet for a while. And I, and I just knew that there was something really special that I had heard people not quite be able to describe, you know, the sort of, um, adage, you know, it's in my soul, but standing on the shores of Winnipesaukee with those cabins and, and with that view, I could sort of feel this sense of, you know, the hundred years of 102 years of boys that had come through those gates and loved this place. Um, and so while it wasn't something I was fortunate enough to, to have in the deciding process, it was cer- certainly something that put an exclamation mark on the decision of just like, this place is incredible. So mm-hmm. I, I do want to share that sense of, um, of, of history that I just felt standing there, um, which was super cool. Wow. Yeah. No, it's awesome to think about, you know, again, it's, 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 it provides interesting perspective for me to hear people, you know, look at Wenaki through fresh eyes just because it's been so long since I had that, that moment, you know, it's like, you know, that moment when you're a kid, you go to Yankee stadium for the first time and you walk out the tunnel and see the, you know, see the stadium, you know, it's for so, you know, for so many people, it's that singular moment, but it's, it's nice to hear that sort of freshness in your voice uh, and the, in the excitement about, you know, your experience. Um, so that's, that's awesome. Let's, um, let's pivot to sort of the strategic plan, like the, the, the vision when I, you know, spent my, my career in education, I was always a big believer in, you know, three to five year strategic plans. I thought that was a great way to guide a, a school in a district. So what about a strategic plan for Wenaki as far as your thoughts on that? Um, Poff, I know I'm, I heard some really interesting things on the Zoom uh, this past week about investments being made. So maybe you could start off just talking a little bit about like, yeah, what is the strategic plan and the vision for the next little period of time here? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk the, the physical plan for sure. Um, we are, we're, we're really going for a complete refresh, uh, not only for this year, but then but looking out ahead and have already begun uh, those conversations, what we're looking at. So you know, for, for this year, all the clay courts are going to be redone. So when you drive in, there are going to be those beautiful uh, clay courts there on the, on the mainland when you drive in. Or when you get off the, you know, the cruiser out to the island, you step off, walk by the office, and there are six uh, clay courts that will be uh, immaculate. Um, the hard courts on the mainland, not only are we going to resurface them and try and get rid of the Wenaki bounce, but um, <laughs> instead of green, let's go Wenaki blue. So we're going to have blue tennis courts. Um, so when you come in, it's really going to pop. Same with the mainland basketball courts. We're going to resurface, repaint those, and um, we're gonna we're gonna get rid of the murals and start slapping Wenaki logos around, so you know where you're at when you get there. Um, island basketball courts we're going to be resurfaced and repainted, and our street hockey rink uh, we're going to clean that up, uh, put boards in uh, on the bottom, baseboards in. We're going to jack up the the boxes, so those are nice and level, get a fresh paint on it, and, you know, street hockey is going to be back. Um, Island, we're going to put in a new batting cage. Um, we also have two new pontoons coming in, um, so we're going to have uh, more boats on the water to help with the cruiser, to help with bay, bay trips, uh, fishing expeditions, expedition, sorry, um, and currently we have new windows going on the island bunks, nice sliders instead of the, uh, the flaps. And we're thinking of adding pickleball uh, for this year. We're going to put some pickleball courts in. So that's this year alone. That's wow. not the three to five year plan. That's the uh, let's kick off 2022 with that. As far as the next three, you know, three years, we're saying not even five. Within the next three years, we'll get the island uh, hard courts resurfaced. Those three, um, we are going to put in proper drainage for our uh, soccer lacrosse football fields out on the island. We're going to get the island fields up to, up to snuff. Um, so they are usable, rain or shine. Um, putting in a permanent baseball fence for the island instead of the snow fence. We'll put in a, a permanent one, just like they have on the mainland. Um, looking at installing a new climbing tower. Uh, we'll probably put that on the mainland, and we can bring island kids in for that as well. 
Um, so really up in the game there. And then we're always looking for new ideas uh, as far as new activities uh, in the next two to three years. Um, things that have been floated so far have been the game called Tramp Ball, uh, which is kind of like volleyball tennis on uh, embedded trampolines in the ground. We've also looked into ninja ninja courses, uh, which are awesome. Um, put in a ninja course, and we're also reaching out to families for their recommendations uh, because you know we want it to be what kids want to do, but we also want our our parents to be on board as well and our our campers to be on board. So um, we got lots to do, but uh, if, if you know we're, the old saying, "Don't write any checks with your mouth that your butt can't cash." Well, we're we're planning on cashing on cashing in on these. We're we're definitely going. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Now, you, you know there's going to be a lot of upset people that they can't blame Islam beating them in tennis on Winaki Bounces, Pop. <laughs> this is going to... I think Izzy's probably the most nervous out of everybody that we're redoing. I know. There, there, there goes you know three decades worth of excuses that I've had about why I keep on losing 6-0, um, And if, if, if at all possible, my request would be if that if that permanent fence on the island could be potentially moved in when I'm up at bat, that would be awesome. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, Judd, I have a hard time believing that those six zero losses came down to one or two bounces. <laughs> it, it, it seems like it might be more than that. That's right. I guess all of my Davis Cup experience from the eighties just you know hasn't translated to uh, success forty years later. But you know, <laughs> Izzy's still good. Thanks, Poff. That sounds awesome. Uh, Ash and Jacko, anything else you want to add about the strategic plan? Yeah, so I, I would just say that, you know, one thing that we um, really want to sort of elevate or, or um, continue to build upon is just the synergy between the island and the mainland. We just know, one, how, how valuable the separate experiences are developmentally, programmatically. You know, those are really unique experiences that we think are really important to the boys' experience through their, their trajectory at Wanaki. And, you know, there is this sort of... Um, harnessing of um, energy and power that comes when we come together as a community. So really sort of, you know, making sure there's plenty of opportunities for the community to come together for the younger boys on junior road to look up and see those Island boys come across and, and, and watch them um, really be role models. Right. And, and really, you know, have those younger boys say, I can't wait till I can be on the Island to be like that and have that experience. Um, but also those opportunities where we're all together around the campfire and, sharing the legends and stories. And um, we just know that creating that kind of synergy between the two um, will just help make Wanaki an even richer experience. So really kind of focusing on, on that is something we're, we're hopeful to just build upon um, as well. So That's great. I mean, so well said. I mean, to me, what I think is also important for everyone to know is that it's been so important for us to learn and, and also know that there are things that we've yet to learn that we'll experience this summer, right? We come in, obviously, you know, Pop, Ash and I, and, and Chandler as a full-time team and the leadership team that exists. There's a great base of knowledge and there's a great um, base of experience that when it comes to the three of us, but, but we also know that there's things that we don't know. And there's things that make Winoki the special place that it is that we're eager to learn, have learned, and will continue to learn. So, um, we take that with great humility, but informing the strategic plan, you know, when Ash and I were hired, we were hired a month before we were announced a month before we officially transitioned out of Walt Whitman. Right. So we had to prioritize because we knew we weren't just going to sit back and wait a month <laughs> to get involved. Right. So mm -hmm. what we prioritized over that last month has been these conversations, right. With leadership team, with alumni, with parents, with campers, with all the people that we know love Winoki and really, hold it in their hearts so dear and not only learning you know how special it is but what makes it special right so that that is woven into the strategic plan and i know that overall our goal is to grow enrollment right and 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 to allow winaki to have that spirit and energy um you know that 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 makes it its trademark that only that only enhances with more people right um, while still continuing to extend the legacy of Winaki as a, as a boys sports camp. Right. And, you know, I know we want that to be based in quality instruction. We want, we know that the people that can deliver that instruction is what really makes the sports experience what it can be and really helps kids grow in confidence and also just allow for a silliness at camp that, 
you know, comes from us truly being a family and being comfortable with each other. So, um, so yeah, just some of the things that are a big part of our three to five year vision in terms of growing enrollment, but, but growing it, we know the best way to grow enrollment is to give kids an unforgettable experience in the present, right. And have fantastic summers. So we're, we're really excited to, to, to work with the team we have to, to deliver that. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm living at home here with one of those campers who knows specifically there's 191 days left until he gets to go back. So, um, you know, my son Reese can attest to the the magic that's created there. And, and that is 100% on point, Jacko. So, you know what I thought we, we could talk about as um, this, this past weekend, I spent some time with one of my role models, Mario Watson, who was, uh, you know, teaching my son how to play basketball and work on his form shooting. And again, it's just one of these amazing experiences to see one of my old counselors. Uh, can't say he ever taught me much about basketball, considering my skill level, but to watch him then work with my son is just an amazing experience for me. What about you all? Who would you consider your greatest role model during your previous camp summers? What lessons did you take from that individual? And will you be able to apply those lessons at Winaki? Uh, Jacko, let's start with you. Yeah, I mean, I've been so fortunate to have fantastic role models from from Tony and Emily Stein at Echo Lake and Amy Stein, of course, um, the person along with Maury Stein that, that, you know, convinced my parents that Echo Lake was the place to, for me. Um, and then moving over to Whitman and getting to work with Jed and Carolyn Dorfman. So I've had a lot of great role models. But when I thought about, you know, this question, I thought about in terms of what allowed for my growth and development and my metamorphosis and all those people had a tremendous impact. But when I think um, about about someone else that did that, I, I had a program director named Clive Hickson, who um, was based, is a dean of students at University of Calgary and basically teaches teachers how to teach, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I will tell you about me, I was always viewed as someone that was more on the residential side, right? So um, when I made a shift over to working in program at Echo Lake, and, be, and eventually became program director. But while I was learning, it, it felt really weird to me, right? And, you know, and I'm so grateful for it because it allowed me to learn about a side of camp that I might not have learned as much about had I not been able to be challenged in that way. And having Clive as a mentor and someone that really taught me about the importance of instruction and the importance of giving kids competitive opportunities, um, but also about what it means to be a good teammate and be a good sport and, and really exemplify what it is and how to support the people that are delivering the program for you day in and day out. Um, I think about Clive a lot when I think about the challenge that comes with Winaki and all the exciting things that are to come in terms of, you know, kind of informing. In fact, you know, we're bringing in Dave Richardson um, tomorrow. And for a couple of days, he's going to sit down with Chandler, Pop, Ash, and myself. And we're really going to get to, you know, take a look at the program and really learn about what makes the program special at Winaki and, 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 and what we can do and, 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 and how that is. So um, when I think about role models, I think of someone like Clive who just exemplified what it was to just work his butt off um, and really be such a giving person to all um, and just support the people and allow them and know I and team and all those cliches that really ring true. So, so Clive was a big impact on me in terms of my development and my ability to to, to grow in ways I didn't honestly anticipate. Yeah, thanks, Jacko. Poff, what about you? Uh, for me, that would be, uh, his name is Mike Griffin. He goes by Griff. Uh, he has, he was one of the, the Tomahawk carryovers. He still is at Cobbacy. Wow. Um, uh, he's got to be nearing in, I think, probably over 50 years of camp. Um, when I was there, he's, he was the athletic director forever. The, the last few years, he's you know, just kind of been the special events figurehead. He is, he is the color war czar um, and runs the color war unlike any other. Um, but he, what I took from him, and I'm still good friends with him. I talk to him a lot. Uh, you want to talk to him true camp guy. But for him, it was always about, it was always about the kids. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and making sure the counselors understood it was always about the kids. And it drove him nuts seeing a kid be idle. So to go up to an activity and not see a kid be active or to see counselors not engaging in kids. Yeah. And that really resonated with me, right? Because it, it, as a counselor, you know, maybe at a late night the night before and you were tired or it was getting late in the summer and 
you were just down and out, but you know what? You had a job to do, and that was to engage with the kids. And when you did, you realized that you were having fun, and then all that love came back again. But it was just so easy to be stagnant, and he would never let anybody be stagnant. Mm. Um, but yet, one of the funniest, quirkiest individuals, he's, he's, he's the epitome of the guy you're afraid of, but you want to be around nonstop. <laughs> because... <laughs> Just a look can, you know, can send a shiver down your spine, but you want to be there because, you know, something hilarious is going to come out of his mouth and he does it out of, out of passion and love and camp, the success of camp, the success of the campers always came number one. And and I always keep that in my mind and I still use it as a resource when, when tough things come up that I have to think about with camp. So uh, definitely G-R-I-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-
I'm going to go with horses. I This is a fun fact. I actually uh, had horses growing up, and I was a rodeo princess. So um, I'll go with horses. Wow. <laughs> that's out in Idaho? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Jacko, favorite animal? Uh, the gazelle. Yeah, I used to, my, my, my friends at camp used to call me the gazelle because lead a foot, which I wasn't. It was kind of a mock, but I really appreciated it. So, so yeah, I'll go gazelle. They're yeah. quick. They're, yeah. I love it. And that, you know, the, the, the wheels nickname, I think you and I share something in common there then. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. Poff, what about you? I'm a dog guy through and through. Yeah, how is your dog doing, by the way? Uh, I'll just say every day is a curse and a blessing. There you go. <laughs> All right, final question, Jacko. This is gonna this is gonna hit home for you. Uh, we'll start with Ash. Uh, what historical event would you like to time travel to if you had Jacko's superpower? Mm-hmm. Ash, Ooh, the first thing that came to my mind was Woodstock. So I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> I love live music. So I love it, Jacko. It's your power. What do you want? Where do you want to go? You know, you know, you know, for me, you know, I've never, I've never been able to see my team win the World Series. So I I think 86 would be pretty magical. I've been fortunate as a Giants fan to get to see two out of nowhere Super Bowl runs. So, so yeah, give me, give me, give me Shea Stadium, you know, game six and seven, 1986. I'll take it. Okay. I mean, I'm, Whenever I'm playing on the field, you, there's a decent chance the ball's going through my legs, Jacko. So you may see that in live uh, action this summer. So. Uh, right. Get, get by Rossi. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. And then, Pop, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go in the opposite direction. So a goal of mine, oh, I, a, a dream of mine, a hope of mine that I have zero control over is to see all four major sports teams in Minnesota uh, win, a, win a championship. So I've already watched the 87-91 World Champion Minnesota Twins pull that off. So I'm going to go into the future so I can see <laughs> the, the Minnesota Wild, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and of course, the Purple and Gold Minnesota Vikings all win their championships. I love it. All right. Um, let's talk a little bit about staffing. And, and Jacko, I'm going to throw this at you. You know, hiring and training an awesome staff is a huge part of making any summer a success. In my opinion, Wenaki's been defined by its loyal, fun, and energetic staff members over the decades. So, in your experience and in your opinions, what are those individual and collective counselor characteristics? And what are those camp-wide conditions that have to be present to make for a great staff? It's a great question because I think at, at its core, I know that the impact, you know, I always knew as I ascended onto, you know, leadership teams and, and, and kind of quote unquote climb the camp ladder that, you know, I would never pretend like I could have the kind of impact on an individual child that their that their counselor or their or their uh, specialist could right because it's just the day to day moment to moment. To me, it's at the core of any good camp experience. Or who are the role models that are spending all that time with your kids? And so, for us, it starts with a diligent process. But if you're asking me for characteristics, um, you know, I, first and foremost, I think it's it, it comes down to people I know people we know will show good judgment and keep our kids safe, both from an emotional and a physical standpoint, set boundaries, allow them to feel like, you know, even though kids will never tell you they want to hear no, sometimes hearing no is some of the best ways for kids to know that those boundaries exist, right? Yeah, that's great, Jacko. Beyond that first characteristic, anything else come to mind that's of importance to you? Oh, absolutely. Like nothing, nothing happens without that, that first judgment piece, but, but we need, people working with our kids and our boys who are fun, right? And and who are passionate, right? Because to me, if you hire staff who are passionate about what they do, if what they're hoping to gain at camp and grow and develop as people is what we're able to provide, that's what gives our staff those discount moments in what is an incredibly rewarding and fun summer, but also a really challenging summer, right? And what picks up our staff when they're having a long day, but they're able to see that, that child that, that couldn't, you know, that couldn't, you know, stand in the box when they came into camp. And now all of a sudden they're squishing the bug and hitting the ball to right fields. Right. And mm-hmm. and all those things that really, you know, that if you could bottle make camp magical and what it is. So to me, 
in addition to that judgment, it's, it's, it's finding people that, that are fun, um, that, you know, um, are passionate about what they do, whether both working with kids, but also maybe teaching their activity area. But it's also people that really embrace the role of wanting to be terrific role models for our kids and showing them, you know, and giving them that license to kind of leave their cool at the gate and get to be the silly, goofy, comfortable selves that, that I think camp really provides that gift. So, um, so those are some of the characteristics that I think we look for in staff. But you also asked about what are the parameters or what, is, what, what does the community have to provide to me? It's, it's being able to provide them with excellent training, but also giving them people to look up to and support them to allow them to go out and do the job that they're set out to do, right? So I think, you know, any camp um, that is successful, you can look at their leadership team. And, and we're really fortunate to have a strong leadership team at Winaki, um, as we're going to know. But, and we're also excited to, to bring in, you know, you know, new people through the years as camp inevitably turns over to, to, to really build upon that. Right. And all those, all those people that really make camp what it is. Yeah. And, um, you know, Poff and Ash, you could probably comment about this, you know, on the zoom, I heard a real nice list of returners. How are you, uh, finding the return rate so far for the, for the staff from last summer? Yeah, go ahead, Poff. Yeah, I think the return rate has been has been phenomenal. Um, there are there are some, you know, there are some counselors that were just months ago saying kind of like, well, you know, I don't know, and I got to see. And day by day, even those people are like, yeah, I'm in. Um, you know, we we met with Chandler the other day before our Zoom, and he was going through the list, and I was I was actually surprised. Uh, we we have a little contest coming out. Um, hopefully in our Wenaki chatter coming out soon. And it was, I asked Chandler, you know, give me, give me a, a list of counselors that, that might be coming back. If you can, if you can give me 16, 17, that'd be great. He gave me a list of well over 20 that I couldn't even use all the names. So wow. I, I think that's been phenomenal. And the, and the people that are coming back, you know, have the characteristics that I look for. One, they, they leave their ego at the door and they just let go. They get involved 100%. And that's when that's when you get truly invested in camp, right? When you're not worried about what your friends may think is going on because because they're not there and they don't understand what what that spirit and what that soul means. And then to understand that it's about the kids' experience, and that's what these people, all these returning people coming back, they're they're in it for the kids to have a good time back. So we're really excited about the the number of staff coming back. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think that that continuity is just is is so important. It can't be understated. And, um, you know, especially coming, this will be our first consecutive summer, obviously, with missing the summer of 2000. So I, 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 there's just really no reason why this momentum can't be built upon summer after summer. So that's, that's really good news. I wanted to move into a question about uh, vulnerability. And, you know, if I was going to be honest, I would tell you last summer that I was nervous about taking on a new role on the mainland after spending, you know, 20 consecutive years on the island. And that ended up being one of my best decisions of my Wanaki career. I'm just curious, is there anything that you're nervous about heading into your first summer as co-directors? And I asked this just really so the Wanaki community can try to help out to make the transition as smooth as possible for you three. Uh, Poff, what about you? Um, that's, that's, that's a great question, Judd, that, that I'll have, I'll have a, a struggle answering just because to me, it, it's so fast, you know, maybe it goes back to being a, a Minnesota sports fan that, um, you, you always fear for the worst, um, and, and hope for the best. So, you know, a lot of it just, just the, the smooth day to day, um, you know, people people buying into us because there is this long history, and people realizing that Wenaki's bigger than than just the, you know who's who's named uh, you know on the office door. That that it's a it's a total experience that all of us are invested in, and, and making sure that people feel that way, and um, you know the the acceptance of us and and what we're trying to continue and add to. And, and I want to be strategic when I say it that way. Um, but you know, the, the, there's everything. I, I lose sleep over. You know, um, are, the, are the blue tennis courts going to be the right color blue? <laughs> um, you know, if the cruiser breaks down, how are we going to? You know, how how are we going to get Judd and Izzy back to the mainland? And, and you know, 
So, so mine go the, the bass philosophy of everything all the way down to, you know, a, a 20 horsepower Johnson motor. Yeah. <laughs> Ash, what about yeah, you? Yeah, I would kind of add on to that and say for me, you know, <clears throat> what I am, am kind of keeps me up at night is the unknowns, right? I mean, there, I know there are things that, that we don't know. Um, and so, you know, just sort of trying to plan for as much as possible and be, be prepared as possible. Um, and knowing that there's going to be things that blindside us. Um, there are every year at camp, right? And so um, coming into a new community, I'm sure those will be perhaps even bigger than, you know, I have experienced previously. But what, what sort of takes the edge off for me um, and gives me confidence in that um, unknown is, is the people I've met and the leadership team I've met so far. And just as you, um, as, as you have kind of pointed to Judd of making a transition, you know, I'm sure there were people that lifted you up and, and supported you in that role. And I, I just get this sense from everyone we've spoken to um, that gives me a confidence in the people um, who, who know Wanaki best and are going to be there to, to help us because, you know, this is not the, the Puff Ashley Jacko show. This is, this is our team and we really believe in that. And so we know that we, our success um, as a community is dependent on all of us. And so um, I think that's how I would put it is that there's certainly concerns about all of the things we're going to face or the pieces that we just are unaware of. And yet um, I, I, I have confidence in, in the Wadaki community um, in, in being able to support all of us through that. Yeah, that's great. Jacko, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I love the question because to me, I, I'd be real. The thing that would make me most nervous is if we weren't nervous, right? Because I think you can't, you know, we take with such pride and such accountability the responsibility we have to the Winocki community. And don't get me wrong when I say that. We already feel like a part of that. We're in that group. But I know in talking to alumni and talking to staff and talking to parents, the, the pride for Wenaki and how important Wenaki is to people and, and what keeps us up at night, not just in terms, not really in, even in terms of nervousness, but what makes us send that extra email or makes us, you know, plan that extra program or all that stuff, what keeps us going, what really burns the fire within, I know all three of us and everyone else, is is that desire to deliver for the Wenaki community because we know how much it means. and. And, and we have such respect for what came before us, you know, Dan and Brooke, the Sobel family and, and, and all that, because that's made Wenaki what it is. And we also know that, you know, being able to grow Wenaki and build um, and, and allow it to be something that, you know, continues to be truly sustainable, that's a big challenge. And, and you know, we know, you know, that, you have to have respect for that challenge if you're going to take it on properly. Otherwise, you could kind of go halfway and like, you know, hey, we checked. But but to, to really do what we want to do, not only like Ash said, is it going to involve all of us, but but it's just it's something where the job's really never done because we so passionately, like nothing's going to make us happier than to be able to deliver for all of us, you know, and, and allow Wenaki to be something and continue to be something that that that's truly great. But that responsibility as 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 the three directors, um, like if it didn't make us nervous, I'd be really concerned because it would probably mean that we didn't fully understand the scope of what we're taking on. Yeah, no, that's great, Jacko. Um, so what about some of the Wenaki experiences? Poff, this will be different for you just because you had a chance to to experience and and, and live and and see some of these experiences, uh, but maybe there's some that you missed at the beginning of the summer. Uh, but Ash, I'll start with you and then go to Jacko. What are some of the Wanaki experiences that you are most looking forward to being part of or watching during the upcoming summer? Yeah, it's those traditions, right? It's those traditions that we have heard about only, you know, from a distance. Um, it's the campfires and the stories. It's, um, it's also <laughs> really working on our, um, you know, all of our chants <laughs> and uh, uh, 
Bonga, you know, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to lock that down a little bit better. Um, but seeing the community do those things, right, and sitting around the campfire and hearing you, who I've heard about, Judd, tell, you know, these legendary campfire stories. And, of course, it's also college days and color war and, and those big events, but it's also these small traditions that are woven throughout the kids' experiences that are unique to Wanaki um, that I think there will be nothing like experiencing them for the first time. So um, I'm really excited to, to see those in person and, and witness the, the magic of those. Oh, cool. Ash, you may want to buy yourself a nightlight because I'm not sure you'll be able to sleep in the dark after... Uh... Some of those stories, <laughs> we'll keep Coop away from those for the first year. Maybe, maybe yes. when he's two, we'll. <laughs> um, Jacko, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I just I'm excited for the fire circles because I have a whole new audience to teach. Why Eli Manning is a no doubt first ballot Hall of Famer, <laughs> and 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 why Kevin Durant's recovery from an Achilles injury is one of the best sports accomplishments we've ever seen. No, but. Um, but when I think about the traditions, I mean, I, I think about the, the, the college days, right. And the, and the color war and all that stuff. Um, but I also think about like, what is Island pride, right? Like what, like, you know, and I've learned a lot about it, but like experience it in summer of, of that pride for Wenaki, both mm-hmm. on the Island and on the mainland. Like, I'm so excited to dive into what that looks like, what that means and, and what, cause it's, it's a, it's a it's a fire that burns really bright. I can already tell. Um, yeah, and and I and I guess for me it's just like getting to know the people. But you know, but those traditions, right? The the, the fire circles, the meetups, the get-togethers, um, the, the the times that we just get to share. And I also you know talk about the the tree of values, right? And and just. Because I grew up at a camp where that recognition piece and living your values was something that was very well thought out. And I think the tree of values seems to really exemplify that and 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 allow kids to know what it is to to be a good community member. So um, just just all those things are are just some of the things that get me really excited for the summer. That's awesome. Thanks, Jacko. Poff, what about you? Um, you know, I'm excited to, to really dive into uh, IP, uh, Island Pride. I spent most of my summer last year on the mainland. Um, uh, didn't get out to the island that much. And I, I'm really excited to immerse myself in island, uh, the island side of things. Um, I'm actually, that's where I'm going to base myself out of this year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over uh, with our, our rising seventh grade group. And I'm really excited to, to see all that. And, you know, I love the traditions. I love the games. But you know, if I had to say just one, I would say it back in 92, and I'll say it now in 2022. It's color war. Mm-hmm. You can't beat color war. Yep. That's <laughs> uh, the best. It's the best. So let's um, let's let's finish up with a final thought, and it's going to be a wish that you have for the Wanaki campers this summer. Uh, Jacko, I'll start with you. What what is What is one wish that you have for our Wanaki campers? I mean, the hardest part is narrowing it down to one, but, um, but I just, I, I want, I want kids to be able to feel comfortable being the best versions of themselves and figuring out what that is, but, but have that come through just having great experiences and building great relationships and having great role models. Like I just, I know that the more comfortable we are being ourselves at camp, the better the camp is going to be because it kind of informs every piece, right? It allows us to reach higher in all our sports areas, right? And try new things and be a good bunkmate and be a good. So like, I think the, the the more people feel comfortable being who they are and and allowing them to really take pride in the community that they come from and and what Winoki is, the better. Thanks, Jacko. Poff, what about you? You know, uh, for for me, I'm gonna just I'm really gonna go overarching, and I'm gonna say my wish is that when when every boy leaves that camp, whether it's the you know end of the first session or end of the rookie camp or end of the summer, that that they say, you know what, this is the best summer I've ever had, yeah. um, okay, because that can be defined in many different ways. I got better as an athlete. I made a new, you know, made new friends. Uh, yeah, you know, made the winning goal in color, whatever. Each kid can define it on their own, but I want them, my goal, my wish, our goal, our wish is that every boy, when they walk out of that place, say, this is the best summer of my life. And, you know, it's, it's our job to put the pieces in place and then hope that they, 
they follow that path. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Poff. Ash, what about you? Yeah, I, I want them to, you know, sometimes um, boys and specifically young boys can't always articulate as, as Poff and Matt um, alluded to, but I, I want those boys to feel the spirit, right? I think that for a number of reasons, um, to no one's fault, they're, they're in a, in a post COVID world, they're not post COVID. We're still in it. Mm. In a COVID world, we're still facing so many challenges that these kids, um, are dealing with on a day to day basis that are really stressful. And I think have bled in, you know, last summer a little bit to the camp experience, just, you know, in a little bit of lower numbers and then, and then some things that again, to no one's fault, but I think there was a little bit of that spirit that, um, wasn't at the, the level that it had been in, in the rest of Wenaki's history last summer. And so I want them to feel that spirit, that energy, that sense of fun. And, and that's what I am really hoping that we reinfuse into the community this summer is, is just that spirit, right? That, that sense of um, there's no place like this. And there was the energy and the fun and everything that I did. And, um, you know, I, I want kids to turn to their parents. It was just so much fun and have this huge smile on their face and know that there was, um, you know, a lot that had to go in behind the scenes to make that happen. But to me, that spirit is something that I want to make sure every single boy um, feels this summer. Thanks, Ash. I appreciate that. Um, so maybe my, my, my wish for you three is to be nominated for Polar Bear, one of those early mornings, and get the three, <laughs> get the three of you into the lake. Um, Again, showing the kids how much fun you are and uh, how much fun you can have. So what I've come to learn from spending time with Poff and, and my early conversations now with Jacko and Ash is that uh, like we started off the conversation with, uh, you are all the epitome of camp lifers. Uh, it is definitely uh, in your blood and in your soul. Uh, I'm personally looking forward to this summer. I'm looking forward to you know training you on your Oogie Dabangas, uh, getting your Raro Rees. <laughs> Um, you know, to an elevated level and teach, you know, and have and watching you all continue to learn about Wenaki. It's been fun for me to see fresh eyes and to see people experience the magic of Wenaki, um, not even just the, the campers, but now, uh, you three as, as co-director. So I see a very bright future and I'm very enthused about what is to come. Thank you all three for coming on to a special edition of hold the fort. Um, and I will sign us off right now. So hold the fort for we are coming loyal sons of Winocchi side by side. We battle onward on to victory in the words of former Winocchi camp doctor, Dr. Dre until the next episode, IP MP C dubs and hold the fort.